listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cork, and today we have Peter Watts joining us back in the studio in person, in in real live, in real life, they call it, IRL. I am alive. I'm still alive. Um, It's good to have you back here rather than uh, all of the recordings that we've been doing because you've been away. I have been away and it's been a refreshing change, but um, I am very glad to be back in the studio, Jason. It's great to be back with you and with the listeners. So good morning, everyone. Yes, uh, good morning, and uh, Naomi says good morning to Jason and Peter. Thank you, Naomi. Um, you've been uh, following, I know, through the programs the last few weeks when Peter's been away. Tell us, how did the program go, Peter? Yeah, so um, we were, uh, my wife and I, we went up to New South Wales, Nelson Bay, which is a beautiful part of the world up there in Port Stephens, and we are running a, a program there at... Um, the Tomari Library and Community Centre. Um, it was an archaeology-based program called uh, Secrets in the Sand, How Archaeology Reveals Our Future. And we were looking at some of the archaeological discoveries that have been made mainly over the last 200 years, um, and many of them um, recently. So we were looking at a lot of the recent finds too that uh, affirm and confirm some of the Bible characters and events and um, so it was really great. It was a, a program I had not um, presented before, but it went down very well, and um, everybody up there was was happy, and uh, we were certainly happy to be able to present that way. Well, that's good. Maybe uh, we'll get you to do that one down here sometime. I'd love to do that. Let's <laughs> let's make some plans. It'd be good. It'd be good. Now, uh, I want to just take an opportunity to promote a program that we're running down in Hobart here. So if you're listening elsewhere, I'm sorry about this promo, but um, we are our Tassie Encounter, so we've got to promote what's going on down here. Fly into Hobart and yeah, come and join us. come and join us <laughs> at, uh, at, in Hobart. We've got a program called Lifestyle Medicine, Eating for Good Health. This is a presentation of useful uh, nutrition information. It's a demonstration of how to prepare these good healthy meals and it's also a tasting experience where you can uh, actually taste the recipes that have been made and this is going to be presented over four weeks uh, by Libby Hergenen. She's one of our presenters on our Friday programs, Connecting the Dots, and uh, she frequently talks about health. She'll actually be presenting this Friday on some of this information as well. So do tune in on Friday morning at 9am. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great program, four weeks, starting at 7pm on the 27th of October. These are about one and a half uh, hours each session. And we would encourage you, if you're in the area, if you're in the Hobart area, register. You have to register and book to come along to these events. EatWell22 is the code. EatWell22, no spaces. If you text that into 0488880891, you can get uh, sent a link which gives you all the information about this event and where to book and how to book, all that sort of stuff. So EatWell22, text that into our show number 0488880891. Now, Peter, we've been a... a You've been away, but your programs have still been happening. They've been rolling along. And uh, last week on air, we covered Daniel 11, Part A. Mm. 
And uh, do you want to give us a bit of a recap of that before we get into the rest of Daniel 11? Yeah, let's set the table again, uh, Jason. We've been looking at the book of Daniel. We've been looking at some of the... Um, well, there are 12 chapters in the book of Daniel. Six of them are stories uh, of historical events back in the time of Daniel. And then from the last six chapters, from chapter 7 onwards, uh, they really cover some of the prophecies that Daniel was given that he shares with us uh, by writing them out. And the prophecy that we're looking at right now is uh, one passage, really, from chapter 10, 11, and 12. Mm. They all belong together. and That's um, a really important point, isn't it? Because it if, is, if you take them separately, you could get very different meanings to some of them, perhaps. Well, indeed. And mm. so what we have here is Daniel 10 kind of sets it up where Daniel um, has been fasting and he receives uh, this vision. And then he gets the details, if you like, of the vision in Daniel 11. Mm. Um, and there's so much detail in there that we've chosen to put that over two programs. So mm. The last episode was about Daniel 11 part A. We're going to do a Daniel 11 part B. And then Daniel 12 really wraps up the whole thing. But from the Hebrew perspective, if you're looking at the Hebrew Bible, there are no divisions in the chapters. There are no divisions in the verses. And so uh, this is all one passage, Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 11, and Daniel chapter 12. Mm. Something else that we would want to notice as well is that this vision that is given, primarily the details of which were in, are in Daniel uh, 11, this vision is uh, not in a vacuum. It's been given after previous visions. Mm. We've had Daniel chapter 2. We've had Daniel chapter 7. We'd have Daniel chapter 8, which all include more details. And Daniel chapter 11 then adds to that by adding even greater detail. But th what's interesting is there is, a, amongst many Christian churches today, there's a popular view, which is to look at Daniel chapter 11 as being um, a lot of the details in Daniel 11 are about the Seleucids and the Ptolemies, mm. okay, factions of the Greek Empire. And uh, certainly that's in there, but that's not what it's all about. Mm. And if we look at it through that lens, many people have taken that and said, well, this is what it's about in Daniel 11. Let's go back and interpret Daniel 8 by Daniel 11. Let's go back and interpret Daniel 7 by that and Daniel 2 by that. So they sort of do it in reverse, mm. whereas uh, the reformers and certainly uh, on this program, we, we look at it from the perspective, well, you start with the building blocks, which is Daniel chapter 2, a very uh, probably the simplest prophecy in the Bible and the most straightforward mm. because mm. it's very clear it starts at the time of Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, and it's very clear it ends with God's kingdom. Mm. Um, and then you have the various empires set out in that prophecy. So what we do is we start with Daniel 2, very simple, and we move towards the more complex. By the way, this is one of several uh, principles of prophetic interpretation. We've mentioned many of them through this series already, uh, and we'll probably summarize. I've got seven of them, and we'll summarize them next week in next week's program when we look at Daniel 12, chapter 12. But one of them is that we progress from the simple to the complex. Uh, mm. This is this is the uh, seventh principle of pre prophetic interpretation I have here. We've covered the other six mm. in bits and pieces, but we'll list them again uh, next week. But yes, we start with simple and then we move to the more complex, which means that when we look at Daniel 11, we're looking at with with all the information we've gleaned from Daniel 2, 7 and 8 in mind. Yeah, for sure. 
And I'm just thinking about that even in our in our Christian walk, Peter. Mm. In a way, it's a bit like that as well. You know, we start with the simple concepts. Yeah. And really, the gospel is quite um, easy to understand, isn't it? And yet the Bible provides so much interesting stuff to study mm. that it can keep people busy for a lifetime. <laughs> Absolutely. There are so. many, many layers of the onion mm. to, to peel back. Mm. And, um, yes, the, the, the simple truth of the Bible is God loves you. Mm. You know, God loves every one of us, and, and he came and, into the world to save us. And he wants to restore that relationship Absolutely. Uh, to him. So, yeah, for mm. sure. Okay, well, um, we've uh, got a question for you. Uh, the question is, how do you find peace in times of trouble? We'd love to hear from you today. How do you find peace in times of trouble? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, Peter, we've got a couple of minutes before we go yeah. to a break. Uh, do you want to start with reading? We'll do some, some of summary, these, uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, we'll do some summary. Well, first of all, let's explain that question. Why are we asking that question? How do you mm. find peace in times of trouble? What we're going to find as we look through Daniel chapter 11 is uh, particularly when we get to verse 40, it says, um, you know, there's a time of trouble coming. Mm. And so, um, yeah, we, we want to know what does God intend for us during that time and how do we find peace and so forth. So that's something for people to to focus on. In the past, in the last episode, uh, we looked at Daniel chapter 11. And we noted that in verse 2, uh, we see some um, reference to the Medo-Persian kingdom. Mm-hmm. It actually says the kings of, uh, will arise in Persia. Yep, mm. that's right. And then from verse 3 to 15 uh, of Daniel 11, we have uh, the kingdom of Greece and mm-hmm. its divisions. We noted that a mighty king was going to arise and it would be broken up into the four divisions. Yeah. Uh, and then what you have is factions of that, the principally are represented by the Seleucids and the Ptolemies, mm. which were immediately north and south of Israel. Uh, and so that's why they're referenced as the king of the north and the king of the south. Um, and then you come to the time of pagan Rome, the Roman Empire. Uh, we, we noted that, that there's a transition there from uh, around verse 16 to 30. You have the, uh, the Roman Empire. And then from verse 31... Uh, through to the end, really, we have through to the end of the chapter, you have the the papal Roman phase uh, that we're going to look at in a moment. And again, um, what we mentioned last week, and I think previously, is you have uh, fence posts and milestones. In other words, you there are references. A lot of the language is very detailed, um, and uh, you know there are many symbols used and so forth. But w- what you will find are the phrases that have been used in previous prophetic passages that help us to know where we are. Okay, we know we're in this section here. It's a little bit like uh, if you're driving from one city to another. Uh, sometimes, you know, I know when I'm in England, especially around the Midlands where I come from, you might be driving from Birmingham to Coventry or uh, up to Leicester or, you know, one of those other cities. And it's it's not always possible to say right this city ends right here and the next city end uh, starts right there mm. you sort of drift over the border as it were mm. um but then you know you recognize okay i'm in a different place mm. and i think that's what we have in daniel chapter 11 so we're going to explore that in the morning in, in the morning in a moment, in a moment. <laughs> After break, remember our question today. And, of course, uh, if you want to go back and have a listen to all of our previous episodes on Daniel and the God of Wisdom, it's a great idea to do that. So you 
get a, a better understanding of this whole flow. If this is the first time you're listening today, it's a, probably a difficult place to come into it. So do go back and have a listen on faithfm.com.au. You can find our programs under the Listen menu, Programs and Podcasts, or you can download the Faith FM app from your app store on your phone and Faith FM Australia, download that and you can listen to all our Tassie Encounters episodes or Daniel and the God of Wisdom. They're, they're listed both separately there as well. How do you find peace in times of trouble? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 0488-880-891. This is Tapestry by Janine Orwa. Tossed with tempest and not comforted Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed No weapon that's formed against you will ever prosper Or have dominion over you, my child You've been chosen for a purpose won't you trust me? I'll see you through This tapestry's not yet done You're a work in progress A masterpiece is being spun You can't see what I see Trust me, I am that I am Distracted one Burdened and weary Crushed by the weight of this world Please remember This world is not your home Behold, I am coming quickly My reward with me To give to all according to their words Hold my hand This tapestry's not yet done You're a work in progress A masterpiece is being spun You can't see what I see Trust me, I am that I am You have my word I began a good work in you And you know I will carry it on till it's done This tapestry's not yet done You're a work in progress A masterpiece is being spun You can't see what I see, trust me
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Peter Watts, and we're covering the second part of Daniel chapter 11. We're calling this Daniel 11b. (laughs) And uh, before the break, we did ask you a question. How do you find peace in times of trouble? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 0488-880-891. Now, Peter, we're going to be going on. When last time we finished off at around about verse 30, Mm. and um, we were just talking over the break where verse 30 says, uh, For ships from Cyprus shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return in rage against the Holy Covenant and do damage and we're going to go on from there which is really you're saying um the start of the 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 roman um empire or the transition to the roman empire is that right yeah transition from the roman empire pagan to uh, papal rome okay and so uh what you have is uh, in verse 31 for instance it says and forces shall be mustered by him who's the him well the him is the king of the north mm. okay and we'll talk a little bit more about the king of the north in a moment but it says forces shall be mustered by him the king of the north and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. Uh, verse 32, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So here in verse 11, there are a couple of references here. We talked before about uh, fence posts and milestones. Mm. And here in uh, Daniel 11.31, we certainly see language that we've seen before. Sanctuary-type language. Sanctuary-type language, particularly mm-hmm. in Daniel 8. And we mentioned before, and this is an important point to make, that... Um, we have a principle, another principle of prophetic interpretation is that of repeat and enlarge. And in Daniel 2, you're given a certain amount of information from the time of the writer all the way through to the end of time. Mm. In Daniel chapter 7, that is overlaid with extra detail. Mm. Daniel 8 overlays that with extra detail. And we, we seem to get extra detail in particular in this, uh, the fourth and, and, you know, what comes out of the fourth uh, kingdom, mm-hmm. in essence, don't we? Like, we, yes. get, we get more information yes. about the latter periods. Indeed. And, you know, if you think of it from a time perspective, uh, you know, the, the time of Babylon was... Uh, relatively short in terms of the you know the decades that it was ruling as as the major power mm. then the persian empire has a certain period of time the greeks have a couple of hundred years the romans pagan rome has 600 years where it's really dominant but since that time we've had 1500 years mm. you know so what i'm saying is the bible probably gives us more detail in relation to that because the time period is longer the time period is so longer, it makes yeah. sense uh, mm. that that would be the case so here we see in daniel 11:31 referenced is the sanctuary the daily sacrifices the place of the abomination of desolation these are things that we've read about before and we can see uh, references in Daniel chapter 8. So, in other words, we need to understand Daniel 2, 7 and 8, which we've already covered in this series, in order to say, okay, we can see where we are in Daniel chapter 11. Mm. Now, the king of the north, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that. The king of the north originally is God himself. He is uh, described as coming out of the north in uh, the prophecy in Ezekiel. Um, and, uh, you know, the sacrifice in the sanctuary was sacrificed on the north side. Um, and what we find in Scripture is that Lucifer wants to occupy the place of the north. 
He wants to usurp the position of God. So God is the original king of the north, as it were. Lucifer claims to be the king of the north, Mm. and then he is working through uh, these earthly powers, these international powers that are uh, described as the king of the north. So um, you have uh, initially in Daniel 11, the king of the north represents one of the Greek factions, the the Seleucids, Mm. right? But what's interesting, and another um, perhaps way of helping us to understand what's going on in Daniel 11, is that prior to the cross, you have literal geographic uh, powers being being used. Um, and you, in fact, it mentions the, uh, the Greeks, it mentions the Persians early on in the chapter of Daniel, right? And they, we understand them to be the Persians and the Greeks. We don't say, well, that's symbolic for something else. Mm. But then when you come to the time of the cross and beyond the cross, they become more spiritual and symbolic. Let me give you another example. In the Old Testament, prior to the time of Christ, Babylon represented literal Babylon geographically there in the country we know as Iraq. Okay, It was a literal uh, city, Mm. literal geographical location. When we come to the book of Revelation, we see spiritual Babylon. And that is not about a country in Iraq. That is about a power that is spiritual and symbolic. And the same is with Jerusalem. Jerusalem in uh, before the cross is referencing the literal city of the Jerusalem, right, in the Middle East. Where you come to the book of Revelation, it talks about the new Jerusalem. And that is uh, a spiritual kingdom. Okay, And so we need to understand that. And so when we see references to places... Uh, after the cross in this this um, uh, prophecy, we are looking at spiritual symbolic rather than literal geographic. And that's going to be uh, helpful to us to understand. So here we see in Daniel 11.31, we see a shift towards the little horn power, the antichrist power, the papal system that we've talked about before in previous chapters, where we see um, defiling of the sanctuary fortress, the taking away of the daily sacrifices and so forth. Um, And so we're seeing this transition. And there's, you know, do we have justification for that transition? Well, I think we do, because when we see in Daniel chapter 2, for instance, the iron of the legs that represented the Roman Empire then uh, is present. The iron is present in the feet and toes all the way to the end, Mm. right? Mm. Uh, If you look at Daniel chapter 7, there are four beasts, the lion, the the bear, the leopard, and the terrible beast. Mm. And it's out of the terrible beast that the ten horns and the little horn come that go all the way to the end. So mm. there are only four beasts. There's not another beast that comes along. And but the, 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 the terrible beast represented the pagan Rome. Correct. And then out of that came out the of little ca- horn. Out of came the little horn. Mm. Again, when we look at Daniel chapter 8, which is maybe even more specific, mm. uh, and again, it's building on this information of repeat and enlarge. In Daniel chapter 8, you have uh, Greek, the Greeks represented by the goat, the four divisions, and then a horn that comes out of one of the four winds. Uh, and that little horn begins terrestrially to move across the earth, pagan Rome, but then it challenges heaven itself, That's right. yeah. papal Rome. Same symbol, little horn. Mm. So here we have king of the north, same symbol, okay, representing initially a faction of Greece, then pagan Rome, 
and now papal Rome. And so uh, we, we can see this transition because of some of the language that is used. Mm. I want to just pick up some more verses here to uh, round off this section before we get into Daniel chapter 11, verse 40 to 45, which talks about the time of the end, and we want to talk about that in our next two sections. But let's um, just wrap up this where we'd read Daniel eleven thirty one to 32. Maybe um, you could read... Um, Daniel 1133 uh, 11, to 35, Jason, for us, if you have that. It says, And those of the people who understand shall instruct many. Yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue. And some of those of understanding shall fall, to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end because it is still for the appointed time. All right. So this this describes here some of the suffering and persecution of God's people. Mm. And if we are correct about the time period that we're looking at here, about the time of papal supremacy, we can certainly see that many people uh, endured persecution for their faith, Mm. that this was a time where uh, religious um, practice was enforced, Mm. where you didn't have a choice about the way you worshipped or whether you worshipped at all. Uh, that you had to worship according to the state, you know, church, or there was going to be some kind of persecution. Mm. And it's interesting, verse 33, it says, they shall fall by the sword, by flame, by captivity and plundering. And we can certainly um, reflect on some of the um, persecutions that took place at that time. And we think about people being burnt at the stake and mm. uh, and all of that. And this this led through to uh, through the... Um the Protestant Reformation time, Correct. Um, right through to even into the 1700s, I guess, mm. to some extent. Yeah, we're, we're going to come towards the end of the 18th century uh, when we get to, to verse 40. Mm. Um, but I'm going to read here um, just some of the, the last pieces of that. This is Daniel 11:36 through 39. It says, Then the king, this is the, the king of the, the north, shall do according to his will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god, shall speak blasphemies against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished, for what has been determined shall be done. He shall regard neither the god of his fathers nor the desire of women, nor regard any god, for he will exalt himself above them all. But in their place he shall honour a god of fortresses, and a, and the god of uh, and a god of which his fathers did not know. He shall honour with gold and silver with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus he shall act against the strongest fortresses with a foreign god, which he shall acknowledge and advance its glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many and divide the land for gain. So this talks about, you know, particularly where we see here um, speaking blasphemies and so forth. We've seen this before in Daniel chapter 7 with reference to the little horn. And so this is describing the same power. We asked you a question, uh, how do you find peace in times of trouble? And uh, you can still text us in, 0488-880-891. But Stuart has texted us in, and let's share that with our listeners. He says, um, asking for and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit daily and trusting the Word of God implicitly. Confession and forsaking all known sin and believing that God has clothed you in his righteousness. That's how Stuart finds peace in times of trouble. Well, thank you for that, Stuart. And uh, if you've got something to share, anyone else, 
feel free to text us in. We've still got time to share that on air today. After the break, we'll uh, in our next section, we'll talk about our book offer today. It's called Hope for a Helpless Planet. But right now, this is God to Know You, Carly Fletcher.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, today we're speaking with Peter Wads on J- uh, Daniel chapter 11. And we're halfway through, or a bit further than halfway through now. And uh, we'll be finishing off this chapter today. Um, Peter, we've had somebody listening from the USA. I'm assuming they're listening on our app. And uh, they've said, I find peace in prayer and in God's word. And Christian Fellowship. That's from Marco Martinez. Would we'll say hello to, to uh, Marco, hello, Marco this morning. Thanks glad for joining us. Yeah, glad you're listening. And uh, we've also had um, Naomi uh, let us know that she finds peace in prayer and in time um, in times of trouble. So prayer is a fantastic way to find peace, of course. And uh, Margie also says that prayer is important to her. She asks the Lord to help her and take over her life and also to help her do his will. All great points. Thanks for sharing with us this morning. Mm. Now, Peter, we were up to about uh, verse 39. Verse 40. 40? Yeah, we'd read verse, verse 39. Yeah, so we go. we're going to carry on. And what we have now is uh, the end of Daniel chapter 11, and it's verse 40 to 45. And this is an intriguing passage because it opens with uh, a phrase at the time of the end. And uh, when is that? When is the time of the end? Now, sometimes people think of the end of time, mm. but there's a phrase here called the time of the end. Mm. And the time of the end is a period of time leading up to the very end. So, for instance, uh, somebody used to um, use this illustration. I've heard this illustration before. You know, when, when somebody is fattening up the turkey for slaughter at the time of uh, of Christmas, that the feeding time, that's the time of the end. <laughs> They're fattening up the turnip. But when, when, when it's time for the execution, that's the end of time. And that's a not, not a very pretty picture, but, um, that, that's, uh, some, some way of understanding this. The time, the time of the end is a, a, a passage in scripture that we actually reference in, uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. You'll notice in Daniel 12, 4, I'll read that out. It says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Mm. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. And we recognize that if you read that passage on through Dan to Daniel 12, verse 7, it says um, it'll be for a time, times and a half a time. Now, this time, times and a half a time we've referenced before back in Daniel chapter 7. Mm. And so we understood that passage uh, to mean that uh, this would be uh, symbolically 1,260 days or 1,260 literal years, mm. which was the time of papal supremacy from 538 AD through to 1798 AD when the papal power uh, temporarily lost its power um, when uh, the Pope was arrested by uh, Napoleon's general Berthier. So when we read in Daniel 11 verse 40, that it says at the time of the end, we know what time of, uh, we're talking about because of the understanding of previous uh, passages. Mm. So we're talking around 1798 here. It says the king of the south shall attack him. Who's the him? The king of the north. Mm. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them and pass through. 
So who is this king of the south? Now, so far in the passage in the chapter uh, 11, the king of the south has represented that nation that was immediately south of Israel, which was Egypt, mm. which was under the control of the Greek faction of the Ptolemies. Ptolemies yeah. Okay, so uh, we're not talking about uh, ancient Egypt now. We're talking about Egypt under the control of the Ptolemies. That's what it represented in those previous verses. And we haven't seen the king of the south for a while. So, But we have said before that this is... Now, long after the cross, and after the cross, we're looking at the spiritual symbolic representation mm. of this power rather than the literal geographic. Uh, and that's a help, helpful interpretive tool. And so the king of the south represents Egypt, yes, but in a spiritual sense. And how, how do we understand Egypt in a spiritual sense? Well, uh, Egypt... Um, you may remember back in the time of Moses when Moses goes uh, to Pharaoh and says, let the people go. Mm. And Pharaoh actually says, who is the Lord that I should obey him? I know not the Lord. In other words, it's a denial of the, the God of heaven's existence. Mm. Uh, and this has been equated with the notion of atheism, a denial of the existence of God. Now, do we have any justification of using this identification? Yes, we do. Because in Revelation chapter 11, verse 8, Egypt is used as a symbol for the uh, time of the French Revolution. It talks about the, the place where, um, where the Lord was crucified. It talks about um, Egypt. It talks about Sodom. Um, and it's really referencing the immorality the denial of God that took place at the time of the French Revolution. And what's interesting about that is when we talk about the time of the end, we've just noted that it was the French general, Berthier, Napoleon's mm. general, mm. who went and arrested the Pope, and that brought an end to papal supremacy. So this... Uh, this is all a similar period of time when correct. when this sort of uh, secularism perhaps uh, is rising. Absolutely. And what's mm. fascinating is because of papal supremacy, you have uh, the Reformation, and then you have the uh, Age of Enlightenment. You have uh, these forces pushing against the, the king of the north. The king of the north <laughs> mm. pushing against the. the uh, it's a reaction, if you like, mm. against the papacy. And it, it, with with the French Revolution, if you like, they threw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. In as much as they said, "Okay, we don't want that," and they rushed to the other extreme. Mm. So they went from the far right, if you like, to the far left. Mm. Um, and out of that, of course, uh, we have um, modern atheism today. Really, has its roots in the French Revolution. Uh, communism, the, the communism, the revolutions that we saw in Russia and, and China uh, have their roots really uh, in atheistic France. This is all, all of the, uh, I guess, the modern ideologies, which is to try to replace uh, Christianity. Yeah. Replace well, a belief in God. Yeah, I would say, and again, Jason, as a former atheist, um, I, I suppose... I can understand it from a historic perspective. There was a pushback against the yeah. excesses of Catholicism. And that's understandable. Yeah. Mm. And, and this is why, by the way, um, the papal system gets such bad marks in Scripture is because it claims to represent God, the God mm. of the Bible. But at the same time, it so misrepresents God. 
Uh, and therefore people say, okay, I reject that. I don't want that. You know, you tell me about a God who is going to burn me forever and ever in hell if I don't, you know, follow him. I, I reject that God, you know. And so some of those excesses we can understand. So the time of the end, the king of the south, representing atheism, shall attack him, the king of the north. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. Now it says, with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter the countries and overwhelm them and pass through. And what's interesting about that is you've sort of got some military um, might there. Mm. So how, you know, how is this possible? Um, it's interesting to note that in the um, early, um, the late 80s, early 90s, you have um, the uh, union, if you like, not the union, but the uh, the cooperation of the United States as a, the major Protestant power working alongside the, the papal power to overcome the atheistic power, which was communism. And uh, you actually have this reported in uh, Time magazine. Uh, this was in um, 1992. Um, Carl Bernstein wrote the article, How Reagan and the Pope Conspired to Assist Poland's Solidarity Movement and Hasten the Demise of Communism. And the headline was Holy Alliance. And it depicts this holy alliance between the papal power and the Protestant power of the United States coming together to defeat a common enemy, which would be atheistic communism. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, fascinating to, to think about that. So let's go back to Daniel chapter 11. We're out of time. Uh, In this section? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Time has gone fast. We'll come back. We'll come back after the break. But uh, our book offer for today is Hope for a Helpless Planet. Uh, this is by Chris Holland. Is Jesus really coming soon? It's an age-old question, but seldom has the need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt than today. Everywhere we turn, it seems the world is falling apart. War, political unrest, an economy teetering on the edge of disaster. We live on a helpless planet filled with people desperate for hope. But there is good news. Jesus has given us this wonderful assurance and promise. Let not your heart be troubled. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And that's found in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. In Hope for a Helpless Planet, you'll discover how he will come again and how to be ready to meet him. Stay tuned for the code straight after the break. This is Faith to be Strong by Andrew Peterson. Give us faith to be strong, Father, we are so weak. Our bodies are fragile and weary. And as we stagger and stumble to walk where you faith to be strong Give us faith to be strong Give us strength to be faithful This life is not long but it's hard Give us grace to go on Make us willing and able Lord, give us faith to be strong When we're torn Mend us up when we break This flesh can be wounded and shaky When there's much too much trouble For one heart to take Give us peace 
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're finishing our program with Peter Watts, and we've been finishing up off Daniel chapter 11. And uh, before the break, we talked about our book offer for today. It's called Hope for a Helpless Planet, and here's the time for the code, so get your pens ready or your phones. Daniel 11 is the code today, 0488880891. Text Daniel 11, no spaces. Text that into 0488880891 to claim a copy of this book, Hope for a Helpless Planet. Peter, we have got about eight minutes left and... Uh, Much to cover. <laughs> we've got a lot to cover, but uh, I think we're at about verse 41. Yes. So I'm going to get you to read uh, Daniel eleven forty-one to 43, bearing in mind that this is at the time of the end, mm-hmm. uh, verses 41 to 43. And I think that this, this uh, passage from 41 onwards is just ahead of us. I don't think we have seen this completed yet. Uh, it's in the process. But um, let's read verse 41 to 43. He shall also enter the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt. Also the Libyans and Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. All right. So when we read this passage, knowing the time frame that this is after 1798, that this is uh, in the, the you know the, the last uh, years of Earth's history before um, the end, then we have to ask: Is this literal geographic powers that are being described? Is it really um, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ad- uh, of Ammon? Incidentally, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. Uh, they're not there. Uh, that land is called Jordan today. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mention Jordan. No. It mentions Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. So it mentions those old geographical names. Um, and uh, and when we talk about Egypt, are we talking about the modern country of Egypt today? 
or is this rather talking about spiritual symbolic powers? And uh, I certainly take the view that it's spiritual symbolic. So after the cross, we're not talking about literal geographic. We're talking about spiritual symbolic. And so Edom, Moab and the prominent people of Adam, Ammon, they were all uh, related to God's people. Uh, Edom, of course, was named after Esau, who was the brother of Jacob. Um, Moab and uh, Ammon came from Lot. Um, and so these were connected to God's people. And so that's interesting that it says um, they shall escape out of his hand. Um, it says he shall stretch out his hand against the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. So Egypt represented atheism. Mm. And so those secular countries, those atheistic countries, the countries that don't acknowledge God uh, will also ally with this king of the north in the end. And again, I've said uh, before that we haven't reached this point yet, but we're, we're, we're getting close to that point. So in verse 41 where it says he shall also enter the glorious land, we're talking about the king of the north here. Yeah, right. So the king of the mm. north shall, shall enter the glorious land, the glorious land representing God's people. Mm. So, for instance, I'll get you to read another verse, Jason, which is Psalm 48, 1 and 2, because we're going to come down to... Um, verse uh, 45 eventually where it talks about the glorious holy mountain what is the glorious holy mountain well we would talk about well Mount Zion Jerusalem you know in the Old Testament but if this is talking about spiritual symbolic language then we're really talking about God's people mm. so Mount Zion for instance first it was the hill of Mount Zion. Then it became a reference to the city of Jerusalem. Then it became finally a reference to the whole nation of Israel. And today in this reference, I believe it regards uh, God's people. Would you like to read Psalm 48, 1 and 2? It says, <clears throat> excuse me, great is the Lord and great to be greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on sides on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. All right, so this is talking about Mount Zion. It's talking about Jerusalem uh, and so forth. And so, But uh, in the reference that we're talking about in Daniel 11, it's a description, it's a reference to God's uh, holy people. And when it says there, if we go back to Daniel 11, in verse uh, 40... Um, Three, it says she, it says he'll have power over the treasures of Egypt. Also, the Libyans and Ethiopians shall follow at his heels, and that's just a reference to the fact that uh, Libyan, the Libyans and Ethiopians in ancient time were um, allies of mm. Egypt. So the, it's the allies of those secular nations that are referenced there. But I want to uh, just cover forty-four and forty-five. Um, we're going to look at. Daniel 12 next week, which mm. is really the wrap-up of this whole vision. Mm. But we don't have time to cover it all here. So we're just going to cover the last two verses of Daniel 11, where it says, uh, verse 44 and 45, if you'd like to read that, uh, Jason. But news from the east and the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. He shall come to his end and no one will help him. All right. So interestingly enough, after all of this um, territory grabbing, if you like, where he seems to be conquering and conquering and um, gaining influence over many, uh, then you have this reference here, um, news from the east and the north. And this is really news of the second coming. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible is called, the gospel is called good news. 
And um, it's, uh, we look at Matthew 24, verse 14. It says, this gospel of the kingdom, this good news of the kingdom shall be, um, um, you know, preached as a witness to all nations and then the end shall come. And so what you have is God's people are sharing the good news at this time. This is news from the east and the north. It's news about the coming of Christ in the book of Revelation. Uh, as part of the sixth plague, it talks about preparing the way of the kings of the east. We've already mentioned that the north, uh, we even read it there in uh, Psalm 48, that the north is really the place of God originally. Mount Zion. Yeah. Uh, and it's a place yeah. that you, Lucifer is trying to usurp and is using a puppet, the king of the north, to try and enforce his will. Mm. Um, and so um, it says, therefore, verse, this is back, you, back to Daniel 11.44, it says, therefore he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. Okay, so this is a death decree, as it were. And uh, verse 45, he shall plant his tents in this, in this palace between the seas, that's the people, and the glorious holy mountain, that's God's specific people. Yet he shall come to his end and no one will help him. He's supernaturally ultimately brought to an end, just as he was in, uh, as you think about Daniel 2, there's a supernatural bringing to the end. Uh, in Daniel chapter 7, um, there is uh, a supernatural ending to this power. And uh, we're going to see how that comes to pass in Daniel chapter 12 when we pick that up next week. So that's kind of the culmination uh, and the climax of, of the whole book. And it really helps to give uh, context to the timing of some of these events. As, as we said, it's a continuous um, passage, really, that we've broken up. From the up time in- of the writer to mm. the time of the end. Mm. You know, that's really what it is. And uh, chapter 12, you can go on and read ahead if you'd like to yeah. uh, in chapter 12, and it gives a very clear picture that um, these events are talking about the time of the end. So. Do join us next week with Peter and myself uh, talking about Daniel chapter 12. Now, tomorrow we've got uh, Daniel Matteo and he's uh, continuing his series Facets of Faith. And tomorrow is The Walk. Uh, The Walk will be talking about how we maintain our relationship with God. There's some really great practical um, topics that Daniel's covering in this series, Facets of Faith. Now, do remember our program down here, if you're in the south, in your, if you're in Tasmania, our program, um, Lifestyle Medicine, Eating uh, sorry, eating for Good Health, that's right. Um, if you want to get more information, Eat Well 22 and text in that code to 488 And, of course, today's book offer, Hope for a Helpless Planet, uh, text that in to uh, text Daniel 11 to 0488880891 to claim that book. Well, that's it for today. Have a great uh, time today. May God be with you. May you feel his presence with you today. This is a beautiful song by Ellie Holcomb, My Heart is Steadfast. May God be with you. Praises up to thee among the nations I'll give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the people I'll sing praises up to thee within my soul For thy loving kindness 
truth that reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and Thy glory over all the earth. That those who love may be delivered, save with Thy right hand and answer. Save with that. 